On today's Locked on Texas podcast, Cody and I recap the 24-16 loss against the New York Giants. You are Locked on Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Monday episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players. If they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your first entry, on any entry. First time users can receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. I'm John Hickman, joined by Cody Davis, here to discuss the 24-16 loss the Houston Texans suffered against the New York Giants. In that game, Davis Mills, 22 of 37 from the field, 319 yards, 8.6 yards per pass, one touchdown, one interception, sat four times, a QBR of 33.2 in the quarterback rating, 85.3. Damian Pierce, 17 carries, 94 yards, 5.5 yards per carry. Damian Pierce also two catches, 28 yards in the air as well. Jordan Aikens continues to soar and be the Houston Texans' best option at tight end. Three catches, 72 yards. Chris Moore, the third wide receiver on this depth chart, three catches, 70 yards. Nico Collins in his return back to action after missing a game, five catches, 49 yards, one touchdown, and Brandon Cooks, who also missed the game last week because of some issues and him wanting to get out of town. Well, he made his return back, four catches, 37 yards off seven carries, had a touchdown, which was negated due to a offensive holding by rookie left guard Kenyon Green. As for the Houston Texans defensively, Jonathan Owens, I don't know how many times he's led this team in tackles, but he did it again on Sunday Versus the, the New York Giants, 12 tackles on the day. Rookie Christian Harris, the mm. linebacker in his third game, he continues to get better and better and better each week that he's playing. Nine tackles, four solo tackles. Christian Kersey and Malik Collins combined for a sack. Jerry Hughes had a sack on the day. He continues to be great for the Houston Texans. And linebacker Blake Cashman, who's been seeing more time, um, Throughout the last few weeks, he had a sack on the day as well. Houston combined for seven tackles for loss on the day, which is a very good sign for this defense. And though Saquon Barkley, we had a very good day, rushed for 152 yards as a team. The New York Giants rushed for 191 yards on the ground. You know, Cody, I think defensively, Houston played a decent game. Kept it a one-score game throughout the – excuse me, throughout the game, uh, allowed Houston to be in the game through all four quarters offensively, which we'll get into. I think that's why Houston, the downfall of this game, that's the side it came from. But for Houston, defensively, I was impressed from what I saw on the field on Sunday. And, John, I 100% agree with you. I do believe that the Houston Texans defense did have a solid performance, even against the run. And I understand and I know that Saquon Barkley did rush for 152 yards on the ground. However, the fact that he had to do it, recording a career high, 35 carries in this victory, 
it wasn't as efficient when you compare it to the rest of the running backs who recorded over 100 yards against the Houston Texans defense this season. And I say that because when you take a look at Saquon Barkley, he averaged only 4.3 yards per attempt. When you compare that to other running backs who rushed for over 100 on the Houston Texans this season, Jonathan Taylor, 5.2, Khalil Herbert, 7.9, which is a season high, by the way, Josh Jacobs, 7.2, and Derrick Henry, 6.8. I truly do believe that the Houston Texans did a solid job at stopping the run, and I also believe that the Giants had to depend on their run game more so, only due to the fact that the Texans' front seven – Made it a pretty miserable day for Daniel Jones. They got after him on several occasions. By the way, I do believe that the potential is there for Christian Harris. He is part of the reason why the Texans had an opportunity to at least be somewhat decent against the run in this game. But, John, I'm looking at this from a standpoint of if it wasn't for missed tackles, especially, and yes, Jalen Petrie is still my boy. But especially if it wasn't for that missed tackle he had against Darius Slayton when he recorded that 54-yard reception, I believe, that led to a touchdown, um, I really do believe that the Houston Texans most likely would have came away victorious in this game. Well, and let's look at first addressing the ground. Saquon Barkley had a good day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. He, he had a good day. It just wasn't as efficient as the rest of the running backs who rushed for over 100. Right, and I, and I do want to say that Saquon's long for the day was 27. I think the long for each and every other one of those other running backs was over 30 yards. Um, but when I look at what Houston was able to do, the linebacker group getting healthier as the season went on, and then you depart ways with Kamo Grugier Hill. Like we're seeing Cashman get out there and make plays. We're seeing Hanson get out there and make plays. And by the way, I think Hanson and Cashman were probably the two best linebackers in preseason. And so they're getting an opportunity right now to showcase that. And, you know, Christian Harris, this is his third game. Nine tackles, one pass deflection, and he is getting active. He's flowing well side to side. He's crashing down. Of course, there's some play that you want to see him make a little bit more, but this is his best game so far, right? Defensively, I thought that at the very least, this was a game that was consistently in reach for the Houston Texans. We'll get to the offense in just a moment. But it was a reach for the Houston Texans. Uh, I like that Lovey Smith switched up some of his defensive uh, attacking, uh, switched up who he's putting out there, switched up how he wanted to go about trying to slow down this New York team. Um, and overall, you know, just Malik Collins getting back, I think really helped out that team in mm. the first half. Houston has consistently been a first and second half team. Jekyll and Hyde, uh, David Banner, uh, uh, not David, Bruce Banner, and Incredible Hope. Like just, just two sides where you just don't know which person or which team you're going to get. But if you're a team that's been struggling all year uh, to consistently put points on the board, then you look at a defense that helped your team keep it close. One-score opportunities, one-score game opportunities – then, yeah, I think the defense played well. Um, when we look at the offense, there was a lot of miscommunication. There was a lot of opportunities that was missed. And throughout four quarters, defensively, Houston tried to keep it close. 
And I do want to add this once again. Jerry Hughes, man, he continues Jerry to Hughes. be uh, the best free agent signing for the Houston Texans for this past offseason. I mean, as of right now, um, he leads the team in sacks with eight. But, John, once again, I just don't understand. How can a solid attribute tackling is such a hard thing for the Texans defense to to, to, to manage. I, I just don't understand this. This is football 101. <laughs> well, and I think that's going to be a discussion that comes up in the offseason when this franchise looks at retaining Lovey Smith and his coaching staff moving forward. The holiday at Total Wine and more. Listen, this holiday at Total Wine and more, when you find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list, you'll know you found something special, all for the lowest price. Love what you find. Total Wine and more. Speaking in Virginia or North Carolina, drink responsibly, must be 21. Welcome back in, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. Thank you for checking us out here on the Locked On Texas podcast, and thank you for sticking around. Cody, at halftime, the Houston Texans had 26 plays, 86 total yards. One of those plays was a 44-yard run by Damian Pierce. So the other 25 plays only generated around 42 to 43 yards. That is a huge problem. The play calling was abysmal. And this is how I'm going to put this before I hand it over to you. There is no trust between play caller and the player to execute the plays. Um, There was moments where I felt like this offense was being babysat. Uh, There was moments where the quarterback, I felt, was being babysitted. and. I just don't believe that players trust their quarterback to make the plays. I don't believe the coaching staff trust their quarterback to make the plays. And there were some good plays made. Jordan Aikens, uh, his his long catch. And by the way, O.J. Howard, what, what were you doing? If you make a block, Jordan Aikens walks in a touchdown. You know what happens when it came back in the fourth quarter? Well, turnover. Like, these are some of the mental mistakes and errors. And I get it. I think players are scared to get flagged and and negate a big game, so you want to play it safe. But putting your hands on somebody would have been super helpful in that moment. But I go back to the offense. Just terrible. Terrible in that first half. And, again, we've seen a good first quarter, a bad second quarter. We've seen a good first half, a bad second half, a bad first half, a good second half. We have not seen the Houston Texans play four quarters consistently all year, and I think this is what led to their 1-7-1 and season up until this point. It's frustrating. It's frustrating because you have the opportunities to score points. You have the opportunities to put the ball in playmakers' hands for them to make a play and get the first down and continue to move the chains. Third and 10 on third down. Let's just look at the numbers in the last couple of weeks. Not good on third down. This is not winning football. And this is not a winning football team. But against the (laughs) New York Giants, who hasn't been just a dominant team, been a lot of these one-score winning type of teams. And for Houston, you've been in a lot of one-score, one-possession games. But the opposite. You're not a one-score winning team. You're a one-score losing team. I don't understand it. Uh, But, again, I I think it boils down to there's no trust between anybody 
between the players and players, the coaching staff and the coaching staff, and the coaching staff and the players. When I take a look at the New York Giants, I think they are they they mirror the Houston Texans a lot, but not only do they trust their play callers and the and the players trust the play callers and the play callers trust the players, but the coaching staff is a lot better than what the Houston Texans are working with. And uh, we're going to get into that on tomorrow's show. But this offense, it cannot move forward due to the inabilities of Davis Mills. Yes, when you look at the box score, you see he has 319 yards. He went 22 for 37 um, from the pocket. One touchdown, one interception. Somebody might look at that and say, you know what? Davis Mills might have had a pretty decent game at least. I disagree with that statement because it wasn't efficient. Like most of his most of his completions, most of his yardage outside of the touchdown pass, um, the, the drive that ended in the touchdown pass to Nico Collins. A damn good route, by the way. Yeah, most most definitely. And my only my only issue with that is. There is no way in hell we should be entering week 11 of the 2022 campaign and Nico Collins only has one touchdown on the season, which took place on yesterday. That's my only garp about that. But the inconsistencies is so bad for this organization. And when you take a look at Davis Mills, it starts with him, unfortunately. You go back and you take a look at that first half. This is a young man who had only threw for 35 yards while going 6 for 13 from the field. And his biggest issue during the first half and throughout all four quarters at the end of the day was the fact that he could not go through his reads properly, the fact that he could not handle the pressure that the New York Giants threw at him. And every time he gets to rushing, every time he uses his one read quarterback tactic that also resulted in him throwing that interception because I do not understand why he targeted Philip Dorsett in the end zone in double coverage. I don't understand that. Maybe John, maybe you can help me. I think he was trying to make up for the previous play. You right. can't and, do and, that, and I, though. And, and I think the previous play was a damn good throw to Brandon Cooks. Would have made that a, a touchdown. Game. That touchdown, um, that was negated by a hold on Kenyon Green. And I do want to address that. Listen, Kenyon Green has has had to go up against DeForest Buckner, uh, Dexter Lawrence. He he's Who did they play last week? They played the uh, – The Eagles. The Eagles. So, you have hard work. Like Kenyon Green is getting his money's worth in terms of – the lessons he's learning in the NFL in his rookie year as a pass blocker. He has done some great things as a run blocker for Damian Pierce at times for Rex Burkhead, rally, rally, rally at times for Dare Ogunbowale. But as a pass blocker this offseason, you know, he needs to be in the lab. I think the entire interior offensive line, McCray, who had to step in for AJ can due to injury, Quisenberry, uh, Keon Green, they make this game more difficult than it had to be for the Houston Texans because up front, Leonard Williams and Dexter and, and Dexter Lawrence make their day long and somewhat of a living hell, honestly. Uh, and, and I think that throughout the game, what we're seeing out of Davis Mills is he's kind of gunshot. 
he he reacts to pressure so nervously that everything else kind of kinds of break down for him as a quarterback. And you know, that reminds me a little bit of Matt Schaub, the bad days of Matt Schaub, to be quite honest with you. But overall, the offensive line has to do a better job of protecting Davis Mills. But to your point, Cody, I don't some of these decisions were just poor. Poor decisions, no way around it. Exactly. And even after the game, Davis Mills said that, you know, they went through the game plan. They already knew that the New York Giants was one of the teams that's going to constantly throw blitz at their opposing team. And he said they went through the game plan. But anybody who watched Davis Mills, especially in those first two quarters, it just seemed like he wasn't paying attention to the game plan or whatever the case might be, especially on the very first play. The very first play, he threw an ill-advised pass to O.J. Howard. Then a couple plays later, he repeated the ill-advised pass to Brandon Cooks. And this is part of the reason why when you take a look at major changes that need to be made for for this organization in the offseason, there is no way they can look at this version and say of Davis Mills and say to themselves, let's give him another season to showcase what he can do. Yes, it's unfortunate, especially for a guy like me who once again, I'm going to die on the mountain and Davis Mills isn't the answer for the future. But at this stage in his career, yes, he's still a young quarterback, but at this stage in his career, he should be able to go through his reads properly, even if the opposing team is throwing blitz and the opposing teams are rushing you or whatever the case might be. Like It should be a more cleaner performance for Davis Mills. Well, this is how the first three offensive possessions went for the Houston Texans. No positive yards. Three non-positive yards in a row on the first possession. The second drive, one positive play. That was the second, third, and now. <laughs> the third offensive possession, a low pass to Cooks. No gain on the Damian Pierce run. And another third, three and out. That was the third, three and, and out, excuse me. And, and by the way, the only time that the Texans were able to move the ball was when they was finally able to establish the run with Damian Pierce. If Damian Pierce doesn't rush for, what was it, 40 or 44 yards in the second quarter, you're looking at a situation where the Texans would have had only 20 yards in the first half. Yeah, unacceptable. Three three and outs. And again, during those three, those three three and outs, Non-positive yards, non-positive yards, negative yards, negative yards, bad decision-making. This offense is inept. That's what it is. This offense, which people were thinking was going to be totally different from what we've seen in the years past from Tim Kelly, Mm -hmm. looks and is worse than the years past with Tim Kelly and Bill O'Brien as head play callers. So this is where we are right now. And that's because they had not going to win games like this. That's because they had a better quarterback <laughs> at the time as well. Yeah, they did have that, and that's what Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton do not have. Listen, guys, Christmas is coming up, and you're big on sports. You watch it, whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NFL, whether it's NHL, college football, men's college basketball, no matter what it is, you watch sports, and you're kind of pretty privy to how some of the end-of-the-night box scores are going to look. You feel confident that – one of the league MVPs and Luca is going to score over 30 points. You feel confident that Jason Tatum is going to drop another 30 piece. You feel confident that in terms of rebounds, assists, and points, John Moran is going to have another phenomenal night. 
if you feel like that and you relate to me, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys as well, then prizepigs.com and the app is exactly where you need to be to make some extra cash this holiday season. Super easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. You can even have fun with it, right? Get a group of friends. Hey, what are you guys betting on tonight? What are you guys betting on? Collectively get together. You all can win some money. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So what do you got to do? Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. Don't forget to use promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Thank you for making Locked On Texans your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Locked On Texans listeners and viewers out there. Thank you for sticking around. Before we get out of here, Davis Mills at halftime, 6 of 13, 46%, 35 yards, a 53 passer rating. Miss Brandon Cooks a couple of times. Miss Nico Collins a couple of times. One of those passes that he missed Brandon Cooks on was a wide open walk in the end zone. <laughs> These are some of the issues. These are some of the issues, and we blame Pep Hamilton a lot with his play calling. And I think that throughout moments in that game, you can point the finger at Pep Hamilton. But we have to consider that if your quarterback is not able to make the simple and easy reads, then at some point as a play caller, I'm handcuffed. At some point as a play caller, again, it goes back to what I said. There is no trust between the coaching staff and the players out there on the field to execute what they are game planning. And so a lot of people are calling for Pep Hamilton's job at the end of the season. A lot of people are calling for Pep Hamilton's job right now, which is unfair because I don't think Houston has anybody on their coaching staff that would be able to step up in their role and do better, right? So (laughs) what are we moving on from? But overall, fair is fair. Davis Mills has been the issue for this offense. You can't continue to miss wide open guys on touchdowns and, you know, get passes for it. I won't allow it. You have to be better. And in the next – where they played nine games so far, the next eight games, Mills, what are you going to do to get better? And it has to start with making the easier throws, the easier reads, not being so quick to lock down on a wide receiver and then overthrow him and then sail the ball way out to where it's not catchable or throw the ball in the dirt. Come on, man. When we look at some of these other quarterbacks in the league, young quarterbacks in the league, a lot of them are struggling. 
Right, and shout out to Justin Fields. By the way, I'll talk about that probably on Twitter. But shout out to Jay. I was going, I was going, I was going to use him as an example. <laughs> and by all means, please. But when we look at some of the other young quarterbacks in the league, for Davis Mills, I still don't believe he's in the more you know the, the most the best situation. But I will say this: Pep Hamilton has made his job as a quarterback a whole lot hell of a job, a whole lot easier. If he makes the right reads, if he does what he's supposed to do as a quarterback out on that field. So that's my takeaway from Sunday's game versus the Giants. This game was winnable from start to finish. The Giants didn't run away with this. The Giants didn't, you know, just dominate the Houston Texans. Houston just can't get out of their own way. And that's where I would like to pick up where where you left off, John, because it's like I said in the second segment. When I look at Davis Mills, the number one thing that concerns me is the fact that he has not progressed. When you take a look at Trevor Lawrence, when you take a look at Zach Wilson, hell, when you take a look at Justin Fields, who started off the season terrible, he was just as bad, if not worse, than Davis Mills. But look at where those three quarterbacks are as of right now. Even Matt Jones, to a certain extent, who doesn't look as good as he looked last year, but you could pinpoint where all of those quarterbacks has gotten better in a second season. I have yet to see a game where I could honestly say Davis Mills got better at this attribute when you compare it to your rookie camp, when you compare it to his rookie campaign. I don't see it. And John, that is the reason why I say, I don't know how you take a look at the first nine games of the season and you come to the realization that Davis Mills needs more time. Unfortunately, he doesn't. And I hate to call for this young man's job as a starting quarterback for this franchise. But even when you compare his situations to other second year quarterbacks, he's 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 in a solid situation. You have a decent offensive line. You have the best, arguably the best run game out of all of those other quarterbacks. And, and, and yes, look, I understand your wide receiving core is, is not that great. We already talked about that. And with the decline that Brandon Cooks has been on, you know, you can honestly say that the wide receiving core is even a little bit more worse than where it was last year. However, you have a young thriving wide receiver in Nico Collins. I say all that just to say Davis Mills still isn't in a terrible situation. And when you look at the fact that he went throughout the whole entire offseason talking about the time he spent with his wide receiving core, he was at all of the offseason trainings and workout programs and all of that. There is no way in hell we should be sitting here still looking at Davis Mills looking worse off than what he did as a rookie last season. I don't understand it. Once again, I hate this for Davis Mills, you know, but it is what it is at this point. After the, the 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 these games that Bryce Young is putting together in Alabama, man, John, that that first pick that the Texans have, I wouldn't be too mad if they use it on Bryce Young. <laughs> well, the Indianapolis Colts got a win today versus the Las Vegas Raiders, and oh. that's significant because. That was Jeff Saturday, former Indianapolis co-offensive lineman, who is the interim head coach for the Indianapolis coach with no coaching experience, first win as a head coach in the NFL. So, Josh McCown, just keep your bags packed. By the no, way, Josh also, McCown, do not pack your bags. The Cleveland Browns lost on Sunday as well. So, sometimes you got to look at the bright side of things. 
The Browns <laughs> losing. That's the Houston Texans pick. Um, keep on losing. Three That's more weeks away. Three, Three more weeks, weeks away. <laughs> Three more weeks. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texans podcast. Be sure to listen throughout the week as we continue to cover the Houston Texans, the good, the bad, and the what the hell are you doing? I'm John Hickman. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like, comment, subscribe on YouTube as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Peace.